0: Roethlisberger says he's in favor, should the coaches decide, to go with a three-quarterback approach. He even joked yesterday that the Browns won't even know who the starter will be on Sunday. Could be him. Could be Mason Rudolph. Could be Josh Dobbs. I'm not buying any of that, and there's something else that he's saying that I'm also not buying, that's that much more important. Good morning to you. Good Thursday morning. I'm Dan Kovacevic of DK Pittsburgh Sports, and this, the newly reborn DK Sports Radio podcasting network. It's Steelers versus Browns, of course, Sunday night, 8.15 p.m. It's the NBC game. First round of the playoffs, wild card round, whatever it is that you want to call it, at Heinz Field. The Steelers are going to win this game. I say that partly because the Browns have all kinds of things that are working against them right now. I also say that because the Browns aren't very good even when they have everybody and everything. But I'll say it that much more because I believe, maybe naively, that Roethlisberger specifically broke through in that Indianapolis game, the second half. You saw it. Before that, it was all the same. It was everything that had been going wrong in Cincinnati, Washington, really for weeks leading up to that, where Ben couldn't slash wouldn't throw the ball downfield. And then, near the end of the first half, he hits Juju on a couple of long-ish passes, comes out for the second half, has a brief conversation on the sideline with Chase Claypool and just starts gunning away at number 11 for three big plays to get them down near the goal line. Didn't convert, but the breakthrough had happened. And then the following week, if you really want to precariously carry things over, even though Ben didn't play this past Sunday in Cleveland, the Steelers still ran a lot of the same plays, just as Randy Featner had suggested a week ago, that they would. He said that they were going to do things that he felt played to Mason's strength. And when you're talking about Mason's strength, you're talking about the strength of his arm. They did. They threw downfield. A lot of really good balls for Mason. But more important toward the playoffs... Those were the same receivers Ben was throwing to the week before, and they were running downfield, and they were getting open. Yes, it was happening against Cleveland's secondary, or at least one out of their four starters. Their secondary is not very good, even when they have everybody, with all due respect to Denzel Ward, who's a terrific corner. But they were the ones making the plays, and again, they went through their own breakthrough. I would argue, the previous week against Indianapolis. Notice they weren't dropping balls? Yeah, funny how that works. All this stuff is contagious. The bad stuff and the good stuff. The receivers felt the vibe, I believe, of both of their quarterbacks over the past two weeks and got a lot more comfortable making bigger plays Downfield, including deep downfield. Everybody talks about Chase's performance in Cleveland, but Deontay Johnson had three catches in that game of 47 yards, 41 yards, and a fourth down conversion. That's a pretty productive three catches. This is what the Steelers need to keep doing. But is Ben on board? This segment of Daily Shot is brought to you by Warrior Alpaca Socks. What makes Warrior Alpaca Socks different is the alpaca fiber used in their construction. It's stronger, softer, far less irritating to the skin, more breathable and warmer than wool. Warrior Alpaca Socks are hypoallergenic all-day wear socks with a wide variety of styles and colors. Outdoor work socks, cozy bed socks, lightweight diabetic compression socks. They all look and feel great. Treat yourself to a pair. Go to warrioralpacasocks.com, and just for listeners to this podcast, use the code DK to get 15% off your first order. And now that I have your interest, I'm going to give it to you again, warrioralpacasocks.com. The code is DK, and you'll get 15% off your first order. Ben joked about a whole lot of things in his session with us yesterday before practice on the south side. When it came up that Mike Tomlin acknowledged that Josh Dobbs could get a helmet on Sunday and might be used in some of those strange and, I would argue, ineffective ways against the Browns, Ben came back with, oh, yeah, we could have three quarterbacks they won't even know who's going to start i'm all for it he said he was he was right on board dobbs coming in to run for him on a third and short sure yeah absolutely i'm i'm right there and he was smiling and he was you know he was being the jolly version of ben but i say this all the time you always have to listen carefully and read between the lines to find out what he's really thinking, pay attention that closely to his answer when he was asked about maybe targeting Claypool as much as Rudolph did this past Sunday. Well, it's important. It's important that we get everybody involved, though, early. You know, I mean, we've got a lot of playmakers. We've got a lot of guys that can do some special things for us. He definitely is one of them. So, um, you know, we – in order for us to be successful as an offense – We need everybody to contribute, contribute early and often. Uh Uh-huh. Did you get that? That's Ben right there. Claypool was targeted, for the record, 11 times by Rudolph. Now, he only had five catches out of that. Some of that was on Mason. Some of that was on Claypool not making great adjustments to the ball, I thought. But he also made some really, really big plays, some splash. It's what he does. The point is is that he was targeted a lot. Rudolph said, that guy right there is going to be my ticket to beating the Browns today. And he almost pulled it off. So the question that gets put to Ben, I can picture him thinking to himself, oh, asking me why I haven't used Claypool as often. Okay. So he comes back with a very safe, generic, I-have-to-get-everybody-involved type of thing instead of saying, man, this Claypool kid, he's really special. Like I could do something with him, even if he doesn't mean it, it. just He came back with the other thing. And if you're asking me, and yeah, I'm engaging in a little bit of mind reading here, but I also have covered the guy for a decade and a half. I think that what Ben is doing is setting up a safer... Game plan. I hope I'm wrong. I really do. I'd love to be wrong about this because it's not going to do the Steelers any good. Even if they get away with it in this first game, they won't against the Bills the following week, presuming the Bills beat the Colts, which I am presuming. They're going to have to throw the ball downfield. I'm sorry. I know I'm a broken record on this, but nothing else about this team to me really matters all that much until they knock this pin down for good. They haven't done that. It was one half of football and whatever impact you'd want to see as being meaningful from this past weekend in Cleveland. Ultimately, Ben has to be on board. My belief is that Randy Featner has wanted to do this all along, but he wasn't about to roll the franchise quarterback under the bus because obviously he's not in any position to do so, to say the least. But when Featner saw that Ben didn't want to throw downfield or didn't feel he could along with a combination of other things, receivers dropping passes, offensive line allowing the pocket to collapse too quickly, running game being so ineffective, that they all just said, you know what, let's just meet right here, and we're just going to do a a bunch of these quick slants. That's it. We're just going to do that, and everyone will be happy. You know, except for Jordan Berry, who has to have his leg fall off from punting 13 times in a game. Ben needs to throw the ball downfield. He has to be on board. I believe that Featner wants to do that. I believe that what he had Rudolph doing in Cleveland powerfully illustrates that. All of the conspiracy theories you might have noticed about Ben calling the shots, and every time they throw deep, it's Ben calling the shots. Ben wasn't even in the state. Ben was sitting at home watching on TV. Ben confirmed this himself yesterday. This was Feetner. He wants to throw the ball downfield. Almost every coordinator does. Some of them are more stubborn about it than others. Have you paid attention at all to what's happened in Tampa this year? Bruce Arians absolutely insisted. He was adamant that Tom Brady throws the ball downfield. For the first time in years, Brady hadn't been doing that. You saw Brady. He was nothing but four yards, five yards at a chunk. Arian said, this is the way we're going to get to the Super Bowl. I am not changing. You can feel free to change. They're not going to fire me. Bruce stood his ground, and what do you know, as the season went along, all of a sudden, not all of a sudden, gradually, Brady was able to throw the ball downfield, hit some of those targets. even got A.B. involved a little bit. Randy doesn't have that kind of standing within the Steelers, nor should he. But Ben has to buy in. He really does. He can't just look at this game and say, here's what I can do that's safe. Here's what I can do where I can beat this team that really doesn't even have a pass rush or linebackers they can't cover those quick slants he could take the easy route here and maybe you know if you get a little bit of a lead or whatever you know go ahead and take those run the ball a little bit kill the clock it's still a playoff game you know you want to win the playoff game but he's going to have to go along with a game plan that looks a lot more like the second half against the colts than the first half we'll see we'll see i genuinely don't have a feel for which way this could go when we come back just one question Brought to you on this program always by the personal injury law firm of LGKG. That's Luxembourg, Garbett Kelly, and George. They represent people who are hurt in car accidents, who need help with workers' comp, who filed medical malpractice claims. They can help you as well. The attorneys at LGKG will make you a promise, and when they do, they will keep that promise. They've been doing that in our region for over 80 years. Visit them at their offices at Cranberry, Newcastle, Beaver Falls, Butler, and Elwood City, or just check them out online at lgkg.com. Give them a call, 888-842-5454, LGKG. Today's just one question comes from Doug, who asks, What does Kevin Dotson have to do to stay in the lineup? It's not like Matt Filer is some eight-year all-pro, like on the other side, that they're hesitant to replace Didn't Mike Tomlin watch the natural? (laughs) I like that. Uh, For anybody who doesn't follow offensive line matters, Dotson is the guy who has taken the overwhelming majority of Filer's snaps at left guard since Filer went down with the triceps issue a few weeks ago. Filer has been cleared to return to practice. And as such, you'd have to think he'll be made available Sunday to play. Uh, I'm of the belief that A, Dotson should stay in there, and that B, Filer won't be ready to start anyway. Now, obviously, I could end up being wrong on both counts. But here's why I say this. Filer's injury, for those of you who don't follow uh, injuries in sports and which ones are specific to which positions, triceps for a down lineman is a tough one to come back from. Uh, they can be career damaging. We've seen that happen with uh, Aaron Smith, Brett Keisel, other guys. Uh, Over the years, usually happens to defensive guys, but, you know, they're using their hands on both sides of the line. Filer didn't practice at all last week. And that's what leads me to believe that he might not be ready unless he were forced in there based on just three practices and a walkthrough this week. I would hope for more reasons than one, that the Steelers will be careful with Filer. Also, to what you said, he wasn't that great. Uh, Filer was very, very good at right tackle last year. And he wasn't all that pleased, I'm told, to be moved to the inside, but he went there because the team had a need. He had to learn the position on the fly, in fairness. And, and things kind of went okay. It's not like he's been a disaster there, but he hasn't been great. He hasn't graded any better than average over the course of the year. Dotson, on the other hand, has really graded very well. Pro football focus, if you subscribe to that sort of thing, meaning philosophically, and their film analysis, ranks Dotson as the third-best rookie offensive lineman anywhere in the NFL this year. That's pretty good. That's pretty good. Somebody's paying attention, and even if they're not perfect and they're not, they're probably seeing more of his plays in isolation than you or I are. I've seen enough in isolation to believe in the kid. I I think he's really, really good, and I think he's been a key factor when they've run the ball well. Of course, that coming in harmony with throwing the ball downfield to keep linebackers and safeties off your line of scrimmage. When it's just him and someone else to block, he wins. I hope he plays. I hope he starts. One other thing to add to this. Filer, because he played right tackle and guard last year, Filer can really do anything. And that would be a really, really nice thing to have on your sideline in a playoff game because you don't know when somebody else might get hurt. If Chooks Okorafor goes down, for example, you've got Matt Filer going right back to his old position. If you look at the Steelers' options, if any of the other guys go down or if Filer isn't there or isn't available, it's not very attractive, especially at tackle. So I, I like keeping Filer in reserve. I'm going to guess that's what the Steelers will do. That's the best answer that I can give you. Appreciate the question. That's good stuff. And thanks to everybody for listening. We'll do this again tomorrow.